welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Well, we're going to carry on our investigation with the Holy Spirit, learning how to hear Him, respond to Him, etc. And part of that is learning what authority we have. So that's the whole session today will be about the authority that Jesus gives us, okay? And it's learning to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? How do we respond to it? How do we do the things that we read about in the New Testament? And so in Matthew 9, we read the story of how Jesus healed a paralyzed man. And you know, it goes into quite some detail about Jesus praying for this paralyzed man. But then you see in Acts 3, verses 1 to 10, Peter and John heal a paralyzed man. You know, at the gates, he uh, hasn't walked at all. They pray for him, and he leaps up walking and praising God. And just wonderful stories. But at the beginning, I want us to watch this video. This is a video uh, of a young evangelist called Nathan Morris from this country, I think he was in his 30s when this happened. It's probably about four years, four, maybe five years old now. Um, But he prays for a woman who has been paralyzed from the waist down for 20-odd years. So she's long-term paralyzed in her wheelchair. And we're going to see Jesus do a miracle. We're going to see this woman get out of her wheelchair and walk. Okay. And I want you to, as you're watching it, just think about all of the issues involved with praying for this lady. Um, Because it's not just a matter of, I lay my hands on you and then you instantly jump out of this wheelchair. This video, this part of the video is about 13 minutes long, but it's edited and it took quite a while for this lady to walk. Um, But it's certainly worth watching. And this is, you know, I'm talking about living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So Nathan Morris, evangelist from Pentecostal Church, goes out to America. He's doing some big crusade meetings in a part of America. And this is one of the miracles that happened while he was over there. And it's just absolutely stunning, of course. (laughs) So had you seen anything like that, Mark? Somebody being healed like that? Um, like somebody standing out of the wheelchair. I mean, I find it stunning. I keep watching it. I think it's just stunning. Um, I love it because it's a young 30-year-old guy who's praying for the woman and she gets out. If you go on to YouTube and listen to her testimony she'll tell you things that really help with you know the question why doesn't everybody get saved oh sorry healed why doesn't everybody get healed you know that question just goes around Christian circles so much and she tells you a few things in her testimony as to some of the reasons why people don't she said for the first 10 years of being in a wheelchair she expected every morning to wake up be healed like would lift her legs out of the bed and as soon as they would hit the floor she expected that they would come into life and she would walk and she said it never happened 
after 10 years she's beginning to feel like now nah, it's not going to happen to me so I'll make the best of my life in a wheelchair and she became a um, gospel singer with her husband uh, etc in America she was just making the best of her life in a wheelchair she said she got to the point where she never wanted to go to any of those sort of meetings that she was at reason because Christians wanted to pray for her and she felt so disappointed that she hadn't been healed so there's the first disappointment just sits in people um, and they don't get healed they don't want to be at that those sort of meetings because people like that Nathan Morris will pray for her she said she went to that meeting not knowing what it was um, her husband had got some tickets for it and felt obliged to go she said so she arrived at the meeting realising oh gosh I know what sort of meeting this is and you know would far prefer to stay in the background rather than face the disappointment of being prayed for again and nothing happening and she said just before Nathan Morris prayed for her and her husband uh, there was a young woman with a baby being prayed for and her maternal instincts took over and she was just feeling so much compassion for this baby wanting the baby to be healed the mum to be you know to find the baby now is well etc and her focus was no longer on herself her focus totally she said 100% focus was on this baby and this mother and at that point Nathan Morris prays for her when she wasn't thinking about herself wasn't trying to defend herself wasn't feeling disappointed wasn't Want, not wanting to be in that meeting and she said she felt the sensation come into her legs which is the first time ever that that sensation she had felt for 20 odd years and so there was a, another factor her, her focus was elsewhere with Jesus looking to Jesus for Jesus' solution and in that process she gets healed so you can see there's a, quite a few aspects as you listen to a testimony of pointers as to why some people don't get healed. And part of our job, learning how to pray for people who are sick, is learning how to help them through that whole process of, you know, I don't believe it, uh, I'm not uh, feeling it, I'm too scared of it, I'm whatever is the issues, to help them through. But when we see miraculous stuff like that wherever we see it whatever it looks like God uses it to encourage a passionate pursuit in us of him it's his presence you know we're not separating the miracle from the presence of Jesus it's it's to draw us into that pursuit of him now this is not a I've got to work it up thing this is a realisation that it's the presence of Jesus that brings all of the miraculous of any kind. And therefore, to learn to walk with him and his presence is what we're to do. We're to live under that presence of God. And it's not just obeying principles. There's various principles at work here in him praying for her. But it's not obeying principles. It's learning to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit which of course is Jesus so the kingdom of God which we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks cannot be separated from the presence of Jesus they're both one and the same thing it's him
And for us here in our church, you know, times have changed. For long enough, it always felt like we were begging God to do something. That's what it felt like. God, do something. And a lot of that came out of our our orphanness because we didn't really know who we were. But as we've come to know that we're loved, that we're children, that we're his sons, that we're there's nothing in us that he's unhappy with, that we are loved, that we are cared for, that we're wanted. What comes out of that is a realization that the supernatural miraculous of God is there for us and we can start to enjoy it Matthew 28 verse 20 says Jesus says I am with you always even to the end of the age there's not a time there's not a point when Jesus isn't with us when his presence isn't with us so we're not having to do things to get the presence he's here what we need to do is learn to follow his influence follow what he's doing and be part of that we're children of God we're his children John chapter 1 verse 12 says but as many as received him received Jesus to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name and the word that's been translated right there in English is actually the Greek word exousia, which should have been translated authority. So basically what he's saying is, it's not just permission to be a child of God. He's not just giving you the permission Marcus, to be a child of God. It's actually you've been given the authority of being a child of God to live and act as his child. Which was John 1 verse 12 yeah so it should read but as many as received him to them he gave the authority to be the children of God to those who believe in his name and authority means privilege superhuman ability delegated influence and authority has been given to you as a child of God so it's not like he didn't say actually you have to work hard to get my authority what he says to you is I've given it to you already it's yours you're my son you have my authority so when the policeman stands in the middle of the road and puts his hand up and everybody stops why do they stop? it's because he's got this badge called authority well you already carry that badge you've already got it dad's authority being given to you no question whatsoever so Jesus gave his disciples both authority and power it says that in Luke 9 verses 1 to 12 and those two realms of authority and power are heaven's influence for life and ministry so if you can imagine around you now sits heaven's authority and power it's in you part of your life as a Christian and that means that you have an influence in everywhere where you go with our authority and power it's a two-edged sword it's incredible what God has given to us and Bill Johnson has some analogies that help us understand authority and power and what he says is power could be compared 
to a surfer catching a wave the surfer if you've ever done any surfing you know he's on his surfboard he gets out into the sea and he's looking for the start of the wave and he can see it coming and when he sees it coming he paddles as fast as he can and the intention is for him to catch the top of that wave so that he can stand up on the wave and then it takes him all in now that is an analogy of the power of God God starts the wave it's full of power we, his children paddle as fast as we can to catch it here we saw it on that video the spirit of God's there the healing comes from what Jesus has done for us Nathan Morris is paddling as fast as he can to catch up with that wave Dylan Knox gets dramatically healed and we are on a journey you started this journey to learn how to ride the manifestation of his power how to see it how to recognize it that was partly why i showed you that film last week to try and show you that you know christians need to practice learn try to respond to what they're sensing is that move of god's spirit which is the power of god and learn to cooperate with it and in cooperating with it the miraculous happens but authority is quite different to that whereas power is that explosive atmosphere of heaven that changes the atmosphere of earth right we all love that idea oh this with power from heaven coming boom water changed into wine boom blind seeing boom deaf hearing you know all maimed boom healed we love that sense that power coming authority is very different whilst power could be like catching the wave authority is the ability and the right to start the wave do you understand that picture now here is God sovereignly starting a wave of power we join in with it and see the miraculous happening brilliant or no wave authority in me wave start the wave starts and I go with it okay so it's our ability and our right to start that wave of God to start that move of God that's the authority he's given us as a child of God remember I've been saying that you live in this kingdom realm and kingdom wants to influence earth and it does it through you through the authority and power that he's put in you and things start to happen because of who God says we are it's all down to him you know he just goes demon you're my son and here we go I'm going to give you my power and my authority off you go son and it's a bit like that he doesn't really go uh, just remember you'll have to go to school now for the next 10 years to learn after it's just nope done it off you go You've been, I've given you what you need which is Holy Spirit now it's in believing what he says about us and what he has commissioned us to do that is the access to living under the influence of the kingdom and I, I want to add a bit more in here it's not just believing because 
many, many Christians believe God for the supernatural, God for the miracles. They believe that Jesus can do all of this. They believe that Christians can do all of this. But they rarely see it in their lives. And I've come to really understand that that's because you need belief. They're all believing that. You need belief. But you also need the action that that belief demands. I believe I can prophesy. Therefore, there must be an action which is, I will prophesy. That's why I keep going, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, keep learning. Because the belief that I can needs an action. The belief that he's asked me to pray for the sick needs an action. I must pray for the sick. The belief that people can get saved needs an action. I must tell them about the kingdom. The belief that your youth group could be on fire for God dramatically needs an action. It needs someone. You know, The belief that the Holy Spirit wants to fill people with him, his presence, needs an action. I need to do something. Okay, So it's believing and doing is the key. In an attitude of rest, which is, Jesus, you have done it. You're the one that's made it possible. I, in that resting in you and in what you have done, now have the privilege of doing this wonderful stuff, like we've just seen Nathan Morris do. Sometimes the only way that you can see what Father's doing, remember what I was saying last week, you know, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing? And I said, well, how good are you at seeing what the Father's doing? You were very honest and said, I find it hard, right? One of the only ways you can get to see what Father's doing is by using your authority that he gave you. It's by moving in that authority that he's given you. Holy Spirit gives gifts to us. We read that in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 and it says that the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each of us for the common good. So he gives you manifestations of gifts for the good of the people around you. Whoever they are, whether it's church, outside of church, whatever, he gives those gifts to you for that. And from our church there's wonderful examples of gifting in people you can see it in them it's just wonderful to see but sometimes and that's where most of us are the gifting is quite embryonic so did you know that word it means the small very small so you can imagine an apple on an apple tree right it starts off as the tiniest little dot doesn't it and then eventually grows into this lovely apple that we eat and we really enjoy. You never say to that tiny dot, oh, you're not an apple. You actually nurture it and look after it and uh, you know, make sure it doesn't get eaten by pests and you water the plant and you make sure it has sunshine and all those lovely things so that you get the apple at the end. It's the same with the gifting the Holy Spirit has put in you. It's embryonic. It's small. Don't deny, well, I've got nothing. No! Fan it into flame. Expect it to grow. Expect it to multiply. 
put some action on your belief. Yes, I believe I've got these gifts, so I'm going to put some action in. Okay, Because the Holy Spirit gives gifts for the common good, and it's he gave all of himself to you. He didn't come with a little bit of the Holy Spirit. I'm only going to give you that amount. I'll give Alan this amount, but you're only having that amount. It's not that. He gives himself. And it's himself that comes with gifts. And those gifts need, need an outlet. So if you never, ever try to prophesy over anybody, no wonder the gift stays embryonic. But we'd still say, you have the gift of prophecy because he gave it to you the same with healing it's there in you you just now need to put some action on the belief that you have they're alive in you the gifts they just need fanning into flame just need you to move forward with them It's interesting how a climate of faith and courage can actually develop the gifts that are within you. I think I read the story about Paul and the sorcerer, and remember Paul looking intently at him and he became blind. Okay, so we we know about that story. But it's interesting that whole event in Paul really developed him as uh, you know his giftings and his ability so you might think your giftings are small and embryonic but it only takes one episode of courage for it to explode into something special Um, and you could see that with Paul because what happened was it used to be Barnabas and Paul but after that event it becomes Paul and Barnabas because there's been an explosion in the gifting in Paul and he's that authority and that power in him people begin to recognise it it says in scripture that the gifts of God in you make room for you Okay, so they make room in for you and I had it myself uh, we had a, a lady this is, oh gosh, must be I've been married 36 years. It must have been 35 years ago. We had a lady over from New Zealand. They were having a, quite a wonderful revival in New Zealand. And um, uh, she came over to minister in our church. And she, it was just a wonderful time. Uh, it was probably the first time as a church we had really experienced the being filled with the Spirit. The experience, the outpouring of the Spirit in such a powerful way. Uh, she would have many meetings in our small church at that time. And the Holy Spirit would come and people would be slain in the Spirit. They'd be all over the floor. Everybody in the whole room was. It was just wonderful outpouring of God's Spirit. So she goes back to New Zealand. Uh, Kath and myself have been away on a conference for the weekend. I came back to church. Uh, we got came into church. Uh, we were a bit late arriving, so we were sat at, at the back of church. And I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to prophesy so I started to prophesy and the prophecy was God wants us to get our ears on meaning he wants us to hear him and listen to him and that was the prophecy and we were doing our normal British thing which was oh that's very nice thank you very much (laughs) but there was no like connection to this prophetic word 
So I still, to this day, don't really know what got me out of my seat, but I did. I got up and walked to the front, and I said, the Holy Spirit has said, God wants us to get our ears on. Anybody here who wants to hear God, anew, afresh, or whatever, come out for prayer now. Now, that's the first time I'd ever done that. Well, the church came out. I was just amazed. They just filled the aisle. And as I started to pray for people, it was exactly the same as Barbara Barton. They were all slain the Spirit all over the floor. The whole church was. Outpouring of the Spirit of God. And that step of courage, that put in action to my belief, I believe that you prophesy through me, put in that step of courage and action and in a sense I'm going to call it demand upon the kingdom that belief meant that it just the giftings in me just developed significantly so one step of courage can make a significant change they're waiting the gifts in you are waiting for the shift to take place in your heart it's no longer am I filled with the spirit Am I, do I have any gifts? You do. They're waiting for you to make this change. This happens when they, like your internal world of your spirit rises up in you and goes, I'm going to put a band on this. This is real. He's given authority and power to me. I expect to see something happen here. And that's where you are I believe at this moment in time you're at that point where the spirit of God's in you and it's waiting for you to put a demand on it waiting for you to put an action on it in, I don't just mean in healing I mean in the whole, whole breadth of what it means to be a child of God living with him Okay. so um, let's have a Let's have a 10-minute break and I'll carry on with this talk about authority and we'll look at authority a bit further. So just summarising what we were saying before, um, we watched that uh, clip of Delia Knox being healed, a paralysed woman getting up and walking. Incredible. Um, I'm saying that this is all part of learning to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit so our part of our lives now is to learn to live under that and one of the ways in which it helps us is by putting action to our belief if we believe something of what Jesus has said of us that he'll do through us it needs an action and I think that's where the two of you are you're getting to that point where actions are needed and you need to start saying, OK, I'm going to do these actions. And I've said that as a child of God, it's quite clear from Scripture, he gave you authority and power. Quite clear. And we're going to look at other examples now of authority. Um, and there's a lovely pattern that Jesus uses uh, in Scripture and we'll just look through that, that pattern with his disciples and just begin to realise that actually we've been given authority okay so in Matthew 7 verses 28 to 29 it says and so it was 
when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So they recognised, people recognised there was something different in what Jesus was saying, that when he spoke, they felt this guy has authority. There's something in his what he's saying that rings true, that's real, that has something behind it. Um, Acts 10 verse 38, Peter describes Jesus as how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we can see that dual aspect in Jesus. Authority, he spoke as one under authority, and somebody full of power. They couldn't deny the power because of all the healings and the miracles that took place. So we could see from Scripture that Jesus has that authority and power. But it's very intriguing that in Luke 9, verses 1 to 2, he calls his 12 disciples, so he's had the 12 disciples with him, and it says quite clearly that he gives his authority and power to his 12 disciples and tells them to go out and heal the sick. Let's just look that up and read it. Luke 9. And he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And so it's quite clear. I've got my twelve disciples. I'm giving you my authority and power. Off you go and do it. So they needed to believe that they had been given authority and power and they needed to put some action in place there. Verse 6. So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So there was the action. They believed and they put some action into place. And the result of that was people got healed. And if you read the following chapters in Luke, you discover that they come back and they are going wow this was good <laughs> you know, we prayed for the sick and they got healed we preached the kingdom it's just fantastic and they start to do things which are a bit, bit strange they see um, somebody casting out demons in the, in the name of Jesus but not part of their group and they say shall we stop him because he's not part of us and Jesus says no 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 come on now don't, don't stop somebody who's, who's who's doing that then they they go to a town and there's a you know they say shall we pray down judgment from God and fire to kill these people and Jesus is trying to show them actually no that is not my heart I've not come to judge and bring that fire of God and, and murder people and it's like it's this exposure to authority and power to doing the stuff exposed weaknesses in their own lives and Jesus is just nurturing them with his word bringing them back in line again re-bringing the truth into them 
And I'm saying that just for the next bit. So this is just his 12 disciples, the ones that are closest to him. Right? What does he do a little bit later on? This is now in Luke uh, chapter 10. Turn to Luke chapter 10. And verses 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two his face uh, before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So he's now got 70. The 12 were close to him. The 70 didn't have as much teaching, didn't have as much closeness to Jesus. Verse 9. And he sent them to heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And verse 17 says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons were subject to us in your name. So you can imagine the twelve were quite close to Jesus, but the seventy weren't, and the seventy weren't trained, but he just appoints power and authority over the seventy, off you go. And it's a bit like that with us. He's not going, oh, America, I think you need a bit more training before you can be trusted with power and authority. I'll have to, you know, maybe in another ten years you'll be all right. He's going, you know, the day that you gave your life to Jesus, he went, bang, Holy Spirit in you, power and authority, because you're my son. Go do it then. And that's what was happening with the 70. They were encouraged to go and do the miraculous stuff. midst of being sent out to do all this miraculous stuff they say to Jesus please could you teach us how to pray and of course he gives them the Lord's Prayer and they're taught how to pray and we say it all the time the Lord's Prayer and in the Lutheran Church it's a regular event you would pray the Lord's Prayer Uh, same Anglican churches here Catholic Church you would pray the Lord's Prayer but we rarely understand what that prayer is. It's Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13, the Lord's Prayer. And this is as a result of the disciples going out and seeing the miraculous stuff happening. So teach me how to pray for more of that to take place. And that prayer is written in what's called the aorist imperative tense of the Greek verb that's somebody else teaching me that I don't I didn't know that one but what that means is the entire prayer is in this imperative tense which means command it to be done now so the prayer is written in the form of command it to be done not in a oh god father in heaven please if you're in the right mood could you come down and do something here it's more in the line of that which i see in this kingdom which is around me now appear on earth come in front of me be involved with the people around me alright so it's alright to command God to do because he's already commanded you to command him to do got that one? it's alright to command God to do because he's already commanded you to command him to do and that's what that whole Lord's Prayer is about your kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven Holy Spirit remember I said the authority starts the wave and 
you see the way moving because you've moved into authority with and, and then power is coming because of that Matthew um, 28 verses 18 let's just read that so Jesus gives you the great commission gives us all the great commission in Matthew 28 so you know, you know like what is God's will for my life what am I to do I would like to know right? so he gives you the great commission 18 to 20 and Jesus came and spoke to them and saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age and that word observe that we've translated in the English I don't know what you translate in the German but really it should be do so Jesus was saying teaching them to do all things that I have commanded you so what has he commanded us to do? to do all the things put some names what things? healing yeah more? Okay, Timon, what's he commanded you to do? Cast out demons. Right? Pray for the broken hearted. Broken hearted? Yeah. To love people, to bless them, to look after the poor and needy. You know, yes that's been a release that's the kingdom of God being released and he says to us as sons just go and do my business you know it's like uh, you know if your dad had a a shoe shop and he ran his business and he said to you right son go run my business now it's the same thing father's just saying right sons go run my business go and be involved I'll give you the authority and the power to run my business off you go but just by the way I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit be with you because I'll never leave you nor forsake you I won't leave you on your own I won't let you be struggling in fact I'm with you always to the end of the age when you're running my business I'm just going to be with you all the time and I'm the one who brings the authority and I'm the one who brings the power and I'm the one who brings the life and I'm the one who brings I've done everything for you all you need to do now is walk in the understanding of that in the belief of it and put action on the end of your belief so he gives you the Great Commission and you understand what the Great Commission is. I mean, it's taught oh, over and over and over again in churches. Often, though, it's never like, how, how do I cast out a demon? I don't know how to do it. <laughs> how do I do whatever? I don't know how to do it. And a lot of that I don't know how to do it is because we're feeling a bit apprehensive about making a mistake. I think Irving spoke to you the other day about it's okay for you to fail. It's okay for you to fail. That is an okay thing within the kingdom of God. The thing that hurts us is when we believe the failure is our, you know, it's messed up our relationship with God and we fall into that lie. But the, the, the part of going forward, your belief will cause you to take a risk and, and what stops us from taking the risk is we don't really like to fail 
and that's why Irvin, I think, was encouraging you. It is okay if you do fail. Okay. Um, Acts five fourteen to sixteen says, uh, "Well, it's where we see the early church acting in this authority." Perhaps you need to drink this first. So we've read about Jesus having authority and power um, in Acts 5. Acts 5, 14 to 16. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on their beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them and also multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed and so you can see the great commission happening here the presence of God is with them and the multitudes come get saved and the sick are being healed and demons are being cast out so you can see the early church doing what Jesus asked them to do with authority and power Acts 8 but in Acts 5 these are people like Peter who has been with Jesus but in Acts 8 we find that people who had never seen Jesus weren't even with him are now doing it as well. Acts 8, 4 to 8. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For the unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralysed, and the lame were healed and with great joy and there was great joy in the city so here again you've got Philip who is now one step removed doing acting with authority and power and you can see it all through church history if you did a study on church history you will see the church acting with authority and power from God you'll see the stuff of God happening all through the ages and even to the modern day we watch Nathan Morris acting with authority and power and it's the same for us as sons we've been given that same authority and power go do the stuff that's what Jesus says Jesus summarised your ministry so what is my ministry you, know, you, you want to know that we can look it up in Matthew 10 verses 7 and 8 this is what Jesus says to us okay and as you go let's just start with that phrase as you go it just means wherever you're going you're going to college you're going to your town in Germany you're going to work whatever business you're in you're going to your church you're going to your local uh, neighbour you're going to your family relatives as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Jesus summarised it so lovely in those words. Never think raising the dead is a hard thing. He put it in the beginner's class. You know, very first thing you do, go raise the dead. And in that first video we watched, Finger of God, there's an interview of a man who had been raised from the dead. You know, so it is still happening now. People are being raised from the dead by the power and authority of God. So our ministry, what is my ministry? Your ministry is as you go, take the kingdom with you. Let it be expressed through your life. Your belief needs some action on it. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. It's simply an act of believing and acting on that belief to get hold of it. So you're at that point where you now need to start to say, I'm going to act on what I believe. You can't be timid about your authority. You can't, meaning you can't shy away from it. It's something that's been given to you. Act now and learn later is basically what people say. It says that the anointing teaches you all things. So act and the Holy Spirit will teach you, will help you. Announce that the kingdom of God is near. You know, that's a prayer to use. The kingdom of God here, now. Really, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to come in that language. Um, and we'll talk about it later on in, in, in my sessions about protecting what I'll call the protecting the presence of God. But when you think about it, you know, Peter and Paul were underneath that Roman rule, Roman oppression. Roman um, Empire has spread throughout the known world. It kept everything in check by, you know, quite brutal oppression, really. Um, but yet, within 200 years of a few men, what was it, how many were in the upper room? Was it 100 and something people believing that Jesus was raised from the dead and acting on the faith acting on the authority and the power that they've been given within 200 years the Roman Empire is converted and I always find that quite stunning to think about it because you get Peter and Paul just walking into Rome (coughs) you know just walking into Rome believing that their presence with the Holy Spirit will make a change to this nation and it did and if you can make a difference there wherever you live in Germany can make a difference because you've walked into your area now that's if you believe it and act on it if you don't believe it and you don't act on it you don't see it so that same impact will occur with you in your life wherever you are in whatever business you choose to do whatever college or university you go to it's the same process, believing and acting on what he has said and realizing that you have authority and power. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.